Well, good morning. It's uh, always an honor uh, to be asked to speak, so uh, thank you all very much. Uh, I would like to add a prayer to John's prayer. I have to say I need it, so let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the great gift of your Holy Spirit. I really do pray that your Spirit will just help me to speak clearly this morning. May I say the things that you want me to say and forget the things that you do not want me to say. And I would like to ask, Father, that you would have something for every single person here this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. As I said, it really is a great privilege to actually be given the opportunity to speak. And uh, because I don't speak very often, it gives you more time to think. And uh, I was sitting one morning in my chair... Uh, sort of praying, sort of thinking about what to say, uh, and into my mind just came the thought, uh, walk the line, walk the line. And I thought, oh, that's a good title for a sermon. I wonder what it means, uh, walk, uh, walk the line. And uh, after a little while thinking about it, I thought, I don't know, I've, I've heard that title somewhere before, walk the line. So I did what every spiritual giant does, and I go to Google, and I put into Google, walk the line, and I found that it was a Johnny Cash song. And Johnny Cash sung this song, walk the line, and uh, actually, the lyrics are really good. You may not be a Johnny Cash fan, (laughs) but the lyrics are really good, and there's this refrain that keeps running uh, through the song, uh, Because he's mine, I walk the line. Because he's mine, I walk the line. Because Christ is mine, I walk the line. Now, you're not going to be too impressed with me if I spend my whole sermon (laughs) just talking about the Johnny Cash song. Unfortunately, I was reading through the book of Micah. And in the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, it says, uh, it says this, And this is what the Lord requires of you. And this is what the Lord requires of you. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To walk humbly with your God. And I've been thinking about what does that mean to walk humbly with my God? What does it mean for me to walk the line? Many things it could mean. We're told to walk in love. We're told to walk in grace. We're told to walk in truth. We're told to walk in the spirit. But I think primarily, more than anything else, Because Christ is mine, I walk the line to really know God. To spend time seeking to know my God. To study his attributes, to learn about his character. Because after all, Jesus said in John chapter 17 verse 3, And this is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. He prayed, oh, Father, I pray for those who follow me, 
that they will really know you. For this is eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You have heard that I run a small charity. And in um, Sudan and South Sudan, we actually support four Bible colleges or Bible schools. We have just started two in South Sudan this year. And you get the request. Uh, you get the request for the Bible college for beds, for mattresses, for food, for salaries, for teachers. But in one of them, no books. They didn't request any books. I thought, how can they teach pastors without books? And for those of you who support, you know what I have done. I write a little newsletter once a month, which is a simple picture with a little bit of news. And, and a few months ago, I wrote and I simply asked people, what books would you recommend for a Bible college for pastors? And a number of people replied. And there was one book that was common. It wasn't in everybody's list, but there was one book That was common. And it was this book, Knowing God by Jim Packer. Now, it's not a lightweight book, but I'd read it years ago. And it's a good book. And I thought, oh, I'll reread it. In fact, it's so good, I'm now on the second time through. And I'd just like to encourage you, if you've never read this book, Knowing God, get a copy and start to read it. Or if you have read it in the past... I encourage you to pick it up again. It really is a very good book. Because Christ is mine, I walk the line to know my God. I then thought about Moses. Moses, this figure in the Old Testament, this giant who stands over the Old Testament. A man who really knew God. And there they are at Mount Sinai, and there is God coming, and there is thunder, and there is lightning, and there is fire. And he comes down on Mount Sinai, and it's trembling, and everybody is afraid, except for Moses. And nobody can climb up the mountain, except for Moses. And Moses (laughs) climbs up the mountain, To meet with God. It is hard work climbing mountains. But Moses climbs a mountain and face to face meets with God. Now we're in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. So we all here have the freedom to climb the mountain to meet with God. But let me tell you, it takes work. Helen and I love walking. And we were privileged to go to Switzerland one year, in fact two years, if not three years, and walk in the mountains. And it is really hard work climbing up these steep mountains. And you're climbing. Are you doing all right down there, dear? Oh, you're actually up there. (laughs) And you get to the top of the mountain. And you get this spectacular view of the white snow-capped mountains and these beautiful...
beautiful alpine flowers. You climb the mountain and you get to know God and the experience is wonderful. Because Christ is mine, I walk the line to know my God. I'd like to ask you if you would consider this week what you can put in practice to get to know your God better. What do I need to do this week if I really want to get to know God better? Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 talks about prayer and in verse 8 he teaches us a very simple prayer. Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Your name Your kingdom, your will. We are called to honor the name of God and to seek his pleasure. Because Christ is mine, because I have received Christ, I will walk the line to honor my God and to live to please him. I will walk the line to honor my God and to live to please him. There's many books on holiness and godliness and how to live the Christian life. (laughs) But it is no surprise to you that we have one special book, the Holy Bible. And if we really want to honor God, and if we want to live a life that is pleasing to God, we need to be reading and studying and applying his book. I know that it is not always easy. I know that it is sometimes hard work. I have a friend called Linda. Linda is a most amazing lady. She's traveled all over the world. Well, many parts of the world anyway. She's traveled to many parts of the world telling children the gospel. And she takes a puppet team with her. And one of the members of her puppet team is a young man called Drake. Now Drake is 19 years old. How many times do you think Drake has read through the Bible? He's 19 years old. How many times has Drake read through the Bible? I'm open to offers. None. None? None? Actually, yes, yes, no. Good answer, but no, he has actually read the Bible more than that. How many times? Two. More. No, lower than 20. He's 19, for goodness sake. (laughs) When do you think he started? (laughs) Nice try, brother. (laughs) Yes. Five more. 
He's actually, all good answers, he's read it through seven times. He read it the first time with his father when he was 12. And every year since then he's read it through. Seven times he's read through the Bible. Now I read the Bible a few times, but I don't think in all my life I've read it through seven times. In fact, I felt challenged by that. And I've actually started reading the Bible through. Hallelujah, I'm now in the New Testament. But... (laughs) And if that's not bad, I heard R.T. Kendall. Now, he is 80. I listen to R.T. Kendall. He has read the Old Testament 40 times and the New Testament 80 times. Now, I do know that it is quite hard work reading through the Bible. Sometimes, I mean, if you get into Jeremiah and you get into Lamentations and then you're into Ezekiel, every day it's judgment coming, judgment coming, judgment coming, judgment coming. Hallelujah when you get into the New Testament. And it is so refreshing. Our God saves. Our God saves. Hallelujah. Our God saves. Because Christ is mine, I walk the line to honor God and to live a life that is pleasing to him. I know there are many distractions today that takes our time and takes our energy. I was thinking back to when I was a young man. My father was a farmer and I was a farmer and we we worked a 275 acre farm. And I look back now and I remember we had one little calendar on the back of the kitchen door. And on this calendar we wrote any appointments or anything that we had to remember. We had one telephone in the hall. You didn't have a chair by the telephone, you stood by the telephone. And we of course, we had the post. That was all we had. We had no mobile phones. We had no internet. We had no text messages. We had no Facebook. We had no Google. We had no instant information. We had no distractions. Well, that's not totally true. But we didn't have the distractions that we have today. So much Time can be spent in other things. I was walking. Helen and I obviously quite enjoy walking. We were, we were down in Wales. We have a friend down in Pembrokeshire. And we really enjoy walking from a place called St. Govan to a place called Stackpole. And you walk, as you walk along the clifftops, you come down to beaches. And there was one beach called Broadhaven. And somebody had written in the sand. And I went to look to see what was written in the sand. And this is what was written. What are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? What are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? Because Christ is mine, I walk the line to honor him and to live a life 
that is pleasing to him. And my last point is a little bit more of a question, really. If Christ is yours, will you walk the line wherever that line takes you? If Christ is yours, will you walk the line wherever that line will take you? Will you trust in the sovereignty of God and in the faithfulness of God, whatever happens? I read an article just probably two or three weeks ago. It was about this pastor from South Korea. And he was smuggling Bibles into North Korea and he was caught and he was executed. And the 30 people he gave Bibles to were also executed. And those 30 people's families were put into prison. Will you walk the line wherever that line takes you? Will you trust in the sovereignty and the faithfulness of God, whatever happens? It is not always easy to follow Christ. What happens if you're in a job and there is somebody blocking your progress? Will you walk the line? Or maybe you're fired or maybe you're dismissed. Will you walk the line? Or maybe you're a single person and you'd love to get married. But God does not provide a partner. Will you walk the line? Will you trust in the sovereignty and the faithfulness of God? Or suppose you're married and you desperately want a baby, you desperately want a child, but no child comes. Will you walk the line? Or suppose you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed for some healing. Or you've prayed for a friend to be saved. And no healing comes. And your friend is not saved. Will you walk the line? Will you trust in the sovereignty of God? And in his faithfulness? And what happens if a close friend dies? Will you trust the sovereignty of God? And in his faithfulness? When I was in the States... I love traveling to different countries and I enjoy the States. And there's a couple of friends, Tommy and Jenny Lee. And they were talking to me about a DVD, strange title. And they said, you must watch this DVD. Strange title. It's called The Insanity of God. The insanity of God. Very happy to lend it to anybody if any house group wants to watch it. And um, Tommy bought this DVD for me and he gave it to me. And I didn't watch it for a while. But once I watched it once, I had to watch it again. And I've now watched it four times. It is not a light DVD. But it's about this couple, this American couple, 
uh, Rick, oh, I forget his name, Rick and Ruth Rickman or something like that. And they are missionaries and they go to Malawi and to start with they have a great and fruitful ministry. But they get sick. They get sick with malaria. In fact, he has it ten times, his family has it five times, and they are told if they do not leave Malawi, they will die. So they give up what appears to be a fruitful ministry. Why has God taken us to Malawi and then taken us away? And then they feel the call to go to Somalia. And Somalia in those days was a terrible, warring place. Many, many people getting killed. It was an awful place. And he goes and he gets onto a plane and the pilot says, we can take you, but we don't know when we will bring you back. But he goes. And he sees what is happening in Somalia. And he said it was like going from the New Testament into the Old Testament. And he meets up, he eventually meets up with a group of Christians. And they have communion. And within two weeks, all those Christians are killed. Will you walk the line? And then he starts to visit the persecuted church to see whether Christ is real to the persecuted church. And it shows many stories about people he's met. But I just want to tell you one story. He is in Russia. And he visits this tiny little house in a village in Russia. And this old, old man comes out. And he says he looks as though he's a hundred years old. But actually he's 63. And he tells a story about he and his wife were Christians. And his children were going to the local school, which was an atheist, militant atheist school. And he decided he would like to read the Bible to his children. And he started to read the Bible to the children and tell the children stories. And others in the village heard about this. And they too came to the house and they wanted to hear the Bible stories. And he said, I'm not a pastor. But they gathered. And there were 75 people meeting in his little house when the KGB came. And they dragged him away. And they put him in a prison with 1,500 hardened criminals. Will you walk the line wherever that line takes you? Will you trust in the sovereignty and the faithfulness of God, whatever happens? And there in the prison, he is regularly beaten. And whenever he finds a little piece of paper on the ground, he gets something a bit like charcoal or coal. And he writes memory verses 
or verses from the scripture. And he puts them up on his wall to honor God. And the guards come and they beat him and they beat him. And every morning he stands by his bed and he lifts up his hands And this man of God sings what he calls his heart song to God. Now this is a prison of 1,500 criminals, hardened criminals. And they throw stuff at him and they make a noise. Anything they can get hold of, they throw at him. But every morning he stands up with his hands in the air and he sings his heart song. To God. And I won't tell you the worst part, but one day he finds a large piece of paper on the ground and a pencil, and he believes God has given that. And he writes in very small writing everything that he can remember from the Bible. And he puts it up on the wall. In honor of God. And they come in. The guards come in and they see it and they're furious and they tear it to pieces and they beat him and they beat him. And they say, do you see that out there? We're going to take you out there and we're going to kill you. And they drag him out of the cell. And as they are dragging him out of the prison, 1,500 men stand by their beds and they put their hands up into the air and they sing that man's heart song to God. What an impact that man had had. Because Christ is yours, will you walk the line wherever that line takes you? Will you trust in the sovereignty and the faithfulness of God, whatever happens. And the guards drop this man. And they say, who are you? And he says, I am the son of the living God. And his name is Jesus Christ. I don't know what line God has for you to walk. But I'd like to ask you all to consider this week. If Christ is yours, will you walk the line? Remember Micah 6 verse 8. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And I ask you to think, if Christ is mine, will you walk the line to really know your God? Will you walk the line to really honor him and live for him? And will you walk the line wherever that may take you? Please, this week, I ask you to pray and think about that. What does it mean for me to walk the line? Thank you very much. Let me pray. 
Almighty God and loving Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are the sovereign God. I thank you that you are always faithful. And I ask you'll help me and you'll help us to walk the line. In Jesus' name, amen.